0: today on the world triathlon podcast we have an arena games double header special with triathlon power couple Max Stapley and Kate Woff Max made his arena games debut in fine style in Munich at the start of April with second place behind Aurelian Raphael while this weekend in London we'll see Kate's first start of 2022 but she is no stranger to the world of hybrid triathlon e racing having done Rotterdam and London in 2021 so Thanks very much for coming on, Kate and Max. How are you? Where are you?
1: Uh, thanks so much for having us. Um, we're currently in Leeds uh, in our apartment. <laughs>
0: and we're
2: doing very well.
1: Yeah, we're doing very well.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Excellent. Um, and just our out back from training, uh, so I hear it like, so this weekend, obviously the the, the next round of the uh, 2022 Arena Game series. Um, any like real specifics that you'll, having to bring into the, the training to get ready for for this weekend
2: i think just becoming a bit of a pool swimmer really uh <laughs> thank really, you sorry excuse my voice <laughs> it's a bit gone today but um haven't haven't had to really focus on like tumble turns and streamlines and stuff for years and now suddenly our swim coach is yelling at us it's it's a pool swim this weekend guys so get ready um and it's true that it is it is all going to be details and you know tumble turning transitions Um, getting going on the treadmill, things like that. The little things I think cost you so much in this format. I think Kate would agree.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think we've just been working on like the little things like working on our transitions, um, trying to put our hat and goggles on fast, like just minor details that um, can make a really big difference in arena games um, from both our experiences. I think um, we know that like small mistakes can cost you um, a lot so yeah we've just been practicing things like that.
0: So just before we go on to the world of arena games um, yeah so you know I want to get a bit of background Max I know you know even by sort of triathlete standards it's fair to say you've had a fairly nomadic uh, existence up to now um, and, and obviously just done this transition right from representing France to representing Australia so yeah could you give us a quick kind of run through of, of what has brought you well, essentially on the 20th of April to Leeds, I guess,
2: (laughs) you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, right from the beginning, I was in the French junior program, identified as a, you know, when I got third at a national aquathon when I was about 15. And And this um, was
0: growing up in in which part of France, sorry?
2: I was was actually growing up in Australia. Oh, right. And my mum's French, so we used to go on holiday in the summer to france mm-hmm. and mum one day just kind of entered me into a french aquathon champs on <laughs> holiday and i got third and the french national team came up to me and were like do you want to come on a camp and i was like well you know starry-eyed kid was like well for sure i definitely want to come on a camp and um having I, done it
0: to what sort of level up to that point in australia then
2: oh very very amateur like um I was more into surfing and like everything that a a young, a young Australian is into kind of going up the bush mountain biking and, and just being outdoors. And I'd always been quite a talented runner, but I was never really motivated. Dad used to have to drag me out the door to go do 35 minutes, but, um, I always used to place fairly well at state, had a few top tens at national cross. Um, so I was, I was decent, but I just, I, I wasn't, you know, chomping at the bit. And I think that aquathon really got the ball rolling. And the fact that, I mean, I, a big, a big factor as well was that the Wizards were based in Wollongong, which is where I, where I used to live, um, and mum used to treat them, so she's a physio, and having them kind of come through the backyard every day and, you know, Gwen come through, Ryan Bailey, Aaron Royal, it kind of does put the idea in the back of your mind, especially when you are swimming and running, to like, oh, I might want to give this a shot, and I think when I went well overseas, I, I thought, oh, this could be a good career path, I guess, to have to go work on a trade site somewhere
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right so you had literally like you know the likes of Aaron royal coming through your through your places you were growing up where you Um, yeah yeah yeah
2: so yeah it's strange now to compete against people that i mean they've known me since i was probably 12 years old i think charlotte mcshane's known me since i was like 11 which is strange because now we're on teams together at world cups and world champs and stuff so um yeah it's it, it is quite funny but also very cool. I like, I mean, I like I like the position I'm in now. So
0: yeah. And so off the back of that result um, in the nationals, I mean, you were still living in Australia, but did it was it just yeah, so basically, like the right thing to represent uh, France?
2: Yeah. So I mean I'll get back to your initial question was I was living in Australia, did that champs, and then they were like, you can come on a camp, came on a camp, and from that camp, French have a really good junior identification kind of program where you can go to school train at the same time and they said look we'd really like you to join this program and again I was really keen and uh, joined it was a part of it for three years in Montpellier and mm-hmm. and finished my schooling there which was also a big change for me because I've been in English and uh, changes into French and the whole kind of culture shock so it was a big eye-opener for me in terms of you know what is elite sport a different culture a different way of doing things and um, yeah it came out the other side and and I, I, to be honest, I, you know, I wasn't very happy towards the end. And I think I needed to come home, come back to Australia. I think I'd kind of lost touch with the boy that left and the guy that came back. And, um, and yeah, I think it was just logical for me to transition to Australia because I, I was never gonna really rekindle that, that flame that was lost as I left the, the, French, mm. the French system, yeah. I yeah. think that's the easiest way to put it. And also the fact that Jamie Turner was such a big influence and he was head of, head of Australia, like high performance at the time. Not a high performance director, he was a high performance coach. Um and yeah, and I, I just began my transition back and finally through COVID it got done. So yeah, represented. Ah, family.
0: right. So it was in that in that period that yeah, you were it seemed like a good good time to, to go through that sort of yeah. But you went to France speaking French, did you? Like that was you were already through your mum spoke good French and or were you kind of going in yeah. there early? So,
2: again, I get the back, back story to so that yeah. is we live in Montreal and I've been to a French school. Yeah. So I did have I did have background in schooling in French. I didn't come in completely like English speaking, learn French. No, I, I'd always spoken French at home with my mom, English with my dad, because um, my mom's from Paris, my dad's from London. Um, and that's kind of how we operated at home, was that one wouldn't reply if we spoke to the other in the wrong language. So I was always kind of inculcated to, to, to maintain my French side, despite being 17,000 kilometers away from Paris. Mm-hmm. um so when i came back to france it was it there was a, a transition obviously like being a lot more smooth in everyday life and stuff like that but um no it was it was it was a rather easy one as opposed to someone who'd never spoken french at home yet. yeah so. yeah
0: interesting yeah and, and kate you know from your perspective i suppose yeah like you know you've both you've both kind of coming through at a similar stage obviously a very sort of, you know similar ages and so on and um. yeah was there I suppose it's, it's interesting that between the three between the two of you you know three intimately three different sort of national setups right that are very kind of established from from the French to the Australian to the GB one so yeah are there any not I suppose literal similarities but through your kind of pathway coming through and obviously having c- certain figures that were there to spur you on and, and to inspire you as a as a younger triathlete as well.
1: I mean, yeah, I guess I think Max and I have had very different kind of introductions to triathlon in that I kind of did my first triathlon when I was probably about seven or eight years old, having um swam with a club since I can remember, um mainly focused on my running when I was a kid and um always done a lot of cycling with my dad and my granddad. Um, So yeah, I think um, we're different from that perspective. But yeah, I obviously was coming um, to an age where my first Olympics that I really kind of was captivated by was London 2012. And obviously, watch the Brownies dominate, watch people like Helen Jenkins um, compete really well. And that was so inspiring to me. Um, And then I guess that really kind of grabbed my attention and I was really inspired by that and then obviously watching Non Stanford and Vicky Holland over those few years um, as I was kind of really getting into the sport I think yeah I kind of followed their journeys as I was a little kid and now to be kind of turning up the pool training every day with uh, Non there um, and Vicky around as well and people like Georgia and Jess like it's it's really kind of surreal when i think about it that i was just a little kid that used to kind of watch them on tv uh and now i train with them so yeah it's funny how <laughs> got myself to this point
0: but equally i guess you know it's you know when you put it like that and it all it all sounds so <clears throat> straightforward in a way but you know it's not and and You've obviously had to put yourself through a lot to get to that point as well, uh, and you know, Max, you were obviously out of your kind of comfort zone towards the end of the time in France, as you said. Um, and and both of you, I guess, are coming from like the other the flip side of coming through those established national federations is that there's a there's a huge amount of pressure, right? For every athlete that they are investing a lot of money in, comes the pressure of needing to get those results and so on. So, yeah, Kate, have you is that something that you have felt? Uh, you know kind of emerging from the shadows of all those people you've just name checked as well and knowing that there's an expectation of someone wearing the British triathlete suit um, to get those results
1: yeah I think so I think it's always kind of set the bar high as to what kind of the standard in British triathlon is Um, but I think it's made kind of the younger generation try and meet that expectation and that's probably why we have such a strong um, array of athletes coming through the ranks at the moment, because there has kind of always been that, that bar set right at the top, um, to try and hit. And, um, I've always thought of myself as someone who kind of thrives under pressure and, um, especially when it comes to the big r- races and championships. So yeah, it's never been something that's kind of, um, kind of overwhelmed me or scared me. Um, it's just kind of being something that I've done from such a young age and um, I guess like when I was 12 years old my biggest race of the year was national champs and I get got as nervous for that race as I do now for world champs so there's always kind of been that nervousness and expectation on myself but it's just the level of competition has just kind of increased as I've grown with age so it has kind of been like a, a steady increase as to kind of what my standard has been if that makes sense. The eight-year-old me was as nervous probably if not more because I think like think I'm a bit better at managing my nerves <laughs> 15 years later but um, yeah I got as nervous for those races as I do for a world chance now so it's kind of it's just been part of my life my whole life so mm. um, yeah I've just grown with that I guess.
0: So you guys are obviously a couple but are you there with a view to have you been there sort of through the closed season and that was kind of like a, a choice given the sort of residual pandemic situation going on or um, have you just recently come there to, to kick off the season and, and do the arena games?
2: Um, no, I mean, I, I live here full time. So right. we live together, um, train together, and shop together, do everything together. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. Yeah. Basically I, I got to a point at the end of 2020 where uh, 2021, sorry where i <clears throat> i had to make a choice as, uh, in terms of in terms of coaching and I'd, I'd, I'd recently just got with kate and came to visit her for two weeks and she's never left we you know we, we met in Girona. Or we'd met before but we got together in Girona mm-hmm. and uh, traveled to korea had a great time great results especially for kate and you know uh, she said you know why don't you come out in two weeks time and i was like okay
1: Came to visit me in Leeds. Said he was staying for three weeks, and then he never left. <laughs> and now it's April. <laughs>
2: yeah, and she's still trying to get me out. <laughs> no, um, I just, to be honest though, I, I, I showed up and and just saw the environment, saw the group, saw the the, the professionalism that's that, that exists here in Leeds, and I think that's a testament to the results they 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 do obtain, especially with GB Try and and the centres in Leeds and Loughborough, and I, I did, I mean selfishly did want to be a part of that and and i'm very grateful that i have been able to be included in that and um and yeah just to be a value contributor and 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 to just take part in, in what's going on here
0: and is that how it can work then uh, you know as a valued contributor and you know what what kind of loopholes do you have to go through in a way or, or did hoops um, do you have to jump through in order to be like oh yeah can join us because presumably that that isn't something that everyone would be able to do
2: Yeah, um, I, I I mean, I think obviously us being together is a big factor. Um, But second of all, I think it's just what you bring to the table, and I think that the people at the centre liked what I could bring. I get on really, really well with you know the senior athletes here, such as Tom Bishop. I've known Non Stanford. We trained together through COVID because she was in Wollongong with her partner Aaron, Uh, and um, and I think I just had some people vouching for me, and I got lucky. I think. <laughs>
1: the girls kind of contingency is pretty strong in Leeds and um the men's side was just I mean obviously there's some really strong athletes but it was a much smaller group and I think um strong athletes that could kind of broaden out the group especially over the grueling winters in Leeds um were always welcome so yeah I think it it came at a good time for the squad and there were a lot of changes going on in Leeds Triathlon Centre anyway so yeah it worked well the so Max to come there
0: <laughs> well yeah and after your I saw you post a couple of pictures on your insta after Munich and you know the people bigging you up and saying well done and stuff ranged from like your Barbara Riveros greats to Tim Don to it was it was amazing the, the sort of selection so yeah obviously the you've got the, the guys vouching for you there
2: oh yeah I, I think again I think that's just that's just kind of what you mentioned at the top of the show was the fact that I have been through so many kind of systems, groups, places is I, I have been very, that's very fortunate. Like, I, I won't lie, like to have met all those people and to have spoken to, you know, been able to train with Vincent Louis, and Martin Van Real, Aaron, Ryan, Gwen to see how they operate and to also kind of understand, okay, that's what it takes. And, and yeah, just to have them on, on side, I think is always a good thing. Mm. <laughs> If
1: they are, I don't
0: know. (laughs) Equally, obviously, in Australia, you've got Joel just moving over there, um, kind of, yeah, doing the opposite direction, I suppose. So, how does that factor in terms of, um, you know, there's no sense of what's happening over there, and perhaps kind of missing out a little bit on, on the the sort of the new regime that's taking part there, or.
2: Um, I think obviously Joel, you know. His resume speaks for itself, you know. Like he was obviously is obviously one of the most successful coaches in the history of the sport, and I think a lot of people would would wonder why I wouldn't go and join that that setup on the Gold Coast. And I think personally, having been stuck in Australia for two years of COVID, um, we were blocked from leaving the country. We couldn't race, we couldn't compete, we couldn't even you know go to different states. And I know that has changed now, but at the time when I left in 21 it was still, that was still the case. And I think, you know, once I met Kate and my life started to become more and more European and my group was here, I just, you know, it was, it, it wasn't really thought of like I I, I did consider going back home and, and, and basing out of the Gold Coast and those centers that TA got going, I'm sure are great. I just think for my personal position right now, this is where I need to be. And this is also where I want to be as well. So I think mm. I'd rather be happy in the cold than, Get some cake in the sun. Um. <laughs> That's beautifully put. <laughs> <laughs> I get some rounding points
0: <laughs> And equally, I guess that that was a very unique set of circumstances to that period of time, right? The the whole kind of you know, if you want to, there was, there was that period of like right, this is this is the Australian setup. It was pre Olympic. There was lockdown, and that that was how they sort of it had to be dealt with, right? So that yeah, I guess is hopefully something that we will not have to return to anyway.
2: Yeah. And, and, you know, at the time where I was having to make my coaching decision and, and, and all those decisions in October, November, the, the country was still closed. So mm. yeah, I, I, I didn't, I, I wasn't in a place where I wanted to deal with that. I didn't want to deal with having to wonder when and where my next race was. And I know that that has evolved and it has changed. But if you look at the races that have happened in Australia at the start of the year, it was still limited. The Kiwis couldn't travel because the restrictions were still in place. So I just, I just wanted to be amongst it. And I know that Europe's where triathlon lives and, yeah, just want to be able to race every weekend or, you know, whether that be ITU, arena games, whether that be French Grand Prix racing, which is also very important for me, and Bundesliga or, yeah, just mm. to be able, just to be amongst it, I think, is, is, is why I'm here as well. Yeah. Which
0: is interesting that then that you, you travel to the other side of the world, the World Triathlon Cups at, in Korea, in Hyundai and Tongyong, right where um, both of you put in great results and great performances and so on. Um, yeah, I mean, Kate, that must have left you at the end of 2021, like reflecting on, well, just looking forward to the next year, basically. Uh, obviously, it had been a kind of, again, like a, a bit of a unique year and a lot of noise around the Olympics that had perhaps... I don't know how did that how did that leave you in terms of your own season when you're kind of on the cusp of a team like that and obviously the Olympics was just out of reach and presumably you know your focus would be more Paris or LA anyway. Um,
1: Yeah, no, I was I was yeah really really happy. I never actually expected to come away with two podiums there. Um, I was kind of in a position where I was getting it was getting to the end of the season last year and I'd started my season in August because I'd been injured or at the start of last year so I kind of was getting towards the end of the season and I felt like I'd just got going so I kind of saw the two World Cups in Korea which I knew was going to be a bit of a crazy trip with all the restrictions there were with COVID but I just really really wanted to race still Um, and I think because I still kind of had that fire going into the races that kind of gave me an advantage in itself just because I was just so excited to still be racing and it was October um so yeah no, I was really happy obviously would have loved to have gone one up in Tongyong the week after Heian Day but um yeah <laughs> it, was, it was a really really good trip and yeah I was lucky to travel with Max as well so that made it a really fun trip. Because
0: <laughs> it was quite a lot of travel right there were there were a few fairly hefty bus rides in there as well Is that, um,
1: yeah, it was, yeah. A, it was a pretty unique experience um I think
2: character building,
1: Carriage building. <laughs> <laughs> we we had to travel um kind of all the athletes in a bubble which was kind of quite nice in a way because you never really get the chance to kind of interact with um like your competitors um quite casually as well like we obviously had a bit of time in between racing um, where we were all traveling together. So it was quite nice to get to know the people that you race against all year um, in in pretty beautiful places as well. So I definitely want to go back and race there because I really, really enjoyed the trip. Like, the organization was incredible those races, considering all the restrictions. So, yeah, it was a really fun way to end the year.
0: And so both of you scored your best World Cup finishes, right? Was your fifth in Hyundai as well, Max? That was your... Uh, six yeah six sorry yeah plenty of fuel for for heading into this season and um you've done European cups so far right Kate and maxwell
1: no I'm yet to start this weekend will be the start of my season right
0: yeah. is that be planning or was there
1: kind of um it's it's a race I've done before so um it's quite nice to kind of have a race that you're a bit more I guess um familiar with thank you um but yeah um it's a local race as well so we're not having to travel too far it's not going to interrupt training too much but I think the main part of my season will start in June um I'm really wanting to kind of become more experienced in WTF, WTCS racing this year um some World Cups and then Um, with a focus on world champs at the end of the year Um, it's my final year well it's our final year under 23s Um, so I think we both have a big focus on that at the end of the year but with a lot of racing in between as it's obviously not until the end of November so there's a lot that can go on between there.
0: That's true yeah I suppose with the season not finishing till yeah Abu Dhabi November then there's less hurry to to get started but
1: yeah. yeah,
0: the arena game seems like a good way to do that, right? To blow away the cobwebs and sharpen the sharpen the skills and so on. Did you have any specific little nuggets of advice for Max going into his first one last two weekends ago?
1: Um, I think I just told him that you you won't be prepared for how hard it's going to be. <laughs> you just have to go hard. Like it's there's nothing quite like the lung bin of an indoor arena games. Like it's it's pretty next level. Um, I don't think I'm prepared quite for how much it's gonna hit again, um but yeah, I'm pretty excited to do it. It's always like a really good and fun event, um, so yeah. I mean, I must have given him some more right advice because he did it <laughs> okay. <so>. I <laughs> should
2: just hang out the door and said, "Watch the replays, mate."
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, you must have. Yeah, did you kind of surprise yourself a little bit, Max, with that? There was, um, you know, obviously martin and, and alex were perhaps the, the favorites on paper uh aurelian you know the oldest guy in the field and what was probably considered by most kind of a new new school format he then just blew it apart didn't he
2: yeah um i of course i wasn't expecting coming over the podium when you've got that caliber of guys i mean even looking at my heat i was like well wow. drawing the short straw on this one and um you know, guys like Eustace Neuschlag as well, like very seasoned athletes that have got amazing credentials. So, to just be racing against them, I was already pretty happy to be in the final. You know, I even joked to Gordon Benson before walking out, I should "Just you know, give give the crowd a wave, eight hundred quid, you turn and go home." But um, <laughs> no, I had to at least I'm in the water. But um, <clears throat> um, no, it was it was it you know it was it was like coming away with second. It was it was great. I I think I could have gone a bit earlier on the sprint and maybe I would have been able to bridge, but was um no it, it's it, it is a whole new format because you learn so much about the kind of Zwift algorithm you learn a lot about you know what it's like to swim after a run or stuff like you would never ever do in a triathlon mm. so it does make you a more versatile athlete I think more an experienced athlete and just it it's a really good practice at just keeping your head when you've got yeah. a crowd when you've got noise you've got cameras you've got a triathlon you got a countdown clock you know counting down for a minute and you never ever get that many inputs you know oftentimes you can kind of go in the athlete lounge have your noise cancelling headphones and just zone out but there's no zoning out in the arena so it's it's a kind of a very good exercise in in concentration in a way um Mm. and in 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 just focusing on yourself and i think that's very useful going into you know maybe our first year on the wtcs where there are gonna be so many, you know, stronger athletes that we haven't raced before, probably bigger crowds, more media attention. So I think it's it's a great little taste and an introduction and Super League do such a great job at the whole organization side of things. And the partnership with World Triathlon is just amazing that we've been able to nominate for those races and not be able, you know, and, and it'll be opened up to everyone else. So just a big thanks to Super League and everyone involved for creating that event. It was great, yeah.
0: What what is the the hardest element of it, would you say? If you could break down if you could break down one, whether it's there was the moment where Martin Van had obviously just finished his swim and was about to haul himself out of the pool and just realized he needed a minute before he could do that. And you know, then there's getting those curved treadmills started and getting up to speed and so on, like you know, there's the camera guys basically in your face for quite a lot of it too.
2: Um, I, 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 genuinely think those treadmills are horrendous. Like they are very, very difficult mm. and it, it's, it's literally just, you know, a rallying. Yeah. I, I don't know if there is a technique, you know, I've been trying to, <laughs> I think there is a bit, but, um, I, it's just go hard, isn't it? It's just really go full gas and, and hope for the best. And I think the person that can get off the line really well and get that thing rolling and once they're rolling, just kind of hold their stride rate right and, and stay concentrated, I think, is the main thing because they are very tricky and it's not like running around a track. Mm. And you just got no rest because if you kind of start sagging back, the whole thing loses momentum and you have to go back to the front, which is then even harder to get it back rolling. And it's just it's a con, it, It's a just about being, I think, being really consistent sticking to your effort. I don't know. What do you think, Kate? i look for come on
1: i find them so difficult i think i think you can also overthink it as well and try to change your technique and um mm. but i think just running hard yeah. and yeah trying now, to, to be honest that I, the... it's just
2: so hard you just, you know, yeah yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah but like you said like that that if you lose the momentum then it's you have to build that back up again so you do see the speeds oscillating quite heavily is that so there's a certain kind of rhythm to it as well that if you fall out of presumably it's quite easy to kind of lose track a bit is it
1: yeah i guess even just like when you're tiring and you lean back a bit it can pretty much put the brakes on um on the treadmill as well so you kind of just have to be constantly moving forward in a way mm. yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah I. yeah on the on the run course, I, I towards the end I kind of figured out when the, the, like the hundred meter markers were. So I was like, all right, four hundred to go, three hundred to go, and you can kind of mentally coach yourself into being like, there's not much left here. Just 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 keep just keep going, keep going. I guess because in a race you don't really know exactly where the the last you know the last two hundred, three hundred is. Mm. Whereas on Swift you can kind of have a mental coping mechanism to be like, this is hurting, but I, I do only have two hundred to go. So I think that that's a way that I got around yeah okay. <laughs> and you're kind of
0: looking occasionally at your screen occasionally up at the big screen right you need to have that the big screen to have a context of where everyone is or
2: well you've got the tablet in front of you yeah which is which has got what you're seeing on the broadcast i presume but yeah, is it's your easy. but
0: but that's is the tablet just showing from your perspective right that's your avatar that you're um, seeing it shows
2: you third like third person kind of removed you see your avatar yeah running and you can see who's in front of you but you can't see who's behind you so if you can you're see
0: leading on,
2: if you're leading you can see them on the timing splits but you can't yeah. simply like turn your head and see where the avatar is um, but if
0: you looked at the big screen you'd have that slightly more kind of pack view yeah. right if, if yeah. You
2: look at the big screen you've got i think you've got what's broadcast to the public so yeah you can, you can see where everyone is but mm. when you're looking at your own screen you can just see yourself and the splits
0: and and, and i suppose it's also like the pacing through each of those stages right you can kind of tell whoever's able to keep the consistency going through the three stages seems to be the one that that does well and there's obviously some that would just freaking fall off down the end there as well so yeah when you're sort of struggling to jam on your goggles and hoping that you've got them straight enough so you're not getting water
2: coming in the side and so on there's
0: yeah that whole multiple things to think about scrambling and especially
2: now they've all been kind of regimented and like the rules are in place that you do need to have goggles on you do need to have shoes on so you can't just be like oh cap go you've got to be like cap goggles and then when you get out they got to be back in the box otherwise that's five seconds and five second penalty on on arena games i think is your race pretty much over like it's finished
0: and the atmosphere in there in munich obviously there was some restrictions still but great you could see as Eustace Nieschlag came out and the crowd kind of erupted and the look across his face of just that oh yeah this is this is something a bit new and then obviously the uh, Olympic Park is going to be sold out so Kate you've got to be thinking there's going to be a bit of a boost there you're going to be milking the crowd
1: yeah Yeah, I know. I'm so excited. I've never really competed in front of like as big a crowd as this will be, especially a home crowd. Uh, Kate's been practicing
2: her walkout. (laughs) She's got her nails done, so look out for those.
1: Yeah, I did get my nails done, especially today. (laughs) So I hope to have a Zoom in on that.
0: (laughs) Are they like smiley faces? What have you got on there? Yeah, Yeah, no, no. Nice. (laughs)
2: Oh, i
1: mind, I got given the yellow suit which i wasn't too happy about initially because i'm not sure about the color yellow <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but i thought i was gonna fully embrace it so i got yellow nails as well so
2: yeah strong
1: <laughs> yeah if super league listened to this before the race please can have a little zoom in <laughs>
2: <laughs> and
0: part of that is presumably just to keep your uh keep the spirits up when, when the chips are down halfway through the race and you catch a glimpse of your nails then that's gonna yeah
1: yeah that's true perk you up I'm, all I'm not sure you'll see me smiling in that race but maybe afterwards or before yeah yeah <laughs> but you know that.
0: having that having that atmosphere I think could be I mean it must have been quite weird last year racing in there in a completely empty um, venue yeah
1: it was a really strange experience, I have to say. It just felt like um, a really, I don't know, just, it felt like more like a training session, I guess, but with kind of girls that you race against because it was weird without um, the crowd. So it will be really, really cool to have a crowd there this weekend. Mm. I'm so excited.
0: I mean, that's kind of the whole ethos of it, isn't it? Like it's in arena games, and what's an arena without people in there? And yeah, it, it right. sort of feels that both from a spectator point of view in and outside of the arena and the athlete point of view it could just kind of elevate it to a whole different level you just can't get that arena atmosphere in in a standard kind of outdoor course can you
2: well we we so for the heats there weren't too many people there but then in the finals we in munich sorry um we the boys came a bit later after the girls and And they were just erupting every time a German would come out. And we we kind of, you know, wandered out of the warm-up zone and and had a look. And it was, you know, it wasn't, it was only like 50% full, but it was still super loud. And we're like, wow, this is actually pretty cool, you know. Mm. And when you walk out and people cheer, it's kind of, it's kind of foreign because it doesn't really happen. It happens, but to a lesser extent when you're outdoors, because the sound really reverberates indoors. So,
0: yeah. Oh, and off the water yeah those sort of yeah a swim meet crowd makes a very specific kind of rumble noise yeah that? it's gonna right. be and actually you know it does i suppose being up close to personal i know you said like being in that environment means you're a bit more focused on what you've got to do but at the same time the crowd is going to be kind of as close as it's ever going to be for you know the bike and the run segment especially but um Well, no, the swim more than anything, I guess. Uh, But, yeah, that that extra opportunity to kind of interact a bit with the crowd and get the personalities of the athletes across is something that the Arena Games can bring that I think perhaps other formats maybe struggle with a bit.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I guess because it's a smaller field as well, um, there is a lot more focus on the individual athletes. So, yeah, I I think it's going to be really exciting.
0: (laughs) And drafting switched off for this one for the first time, like,
1: <laughs> you know. That was a plot twist.
2: <laughs> yeah, that is, that was a plot twist yesterday, briefing. Um, yeah, I, I think you'll see a much more splintered race. <clears throat> I think you'll have people that would otherwise be in a pack that will end up a bit further back and vice versa. So with Alex, the power he was pushing, that he shouldn't have only got on the pack, he should, he would have dropped all of us. That, that power was ridiculous. And I think if he does that again, you know that he'll be able that 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 time he loses in the water will be all but negated by the end of the of the bike. Um, and then <clears throat> I think it'll change the way people ride the race. Will have a bit less attacks, maybe a bit more of a, a linear effort. I mean, I think everyone will do will do their own thing, but um, it'll 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 definitely be. I, I think even a bit harder. You know, we're sitting here, so it's already super hard. But the fact there's no drafting means. You literally just there's no you, you there's no moment where you can kind of just okay I'm in the park I'm just gonna manage this you you just gotta go yeah you, know, you just gotta basically just do a, a 4k TT every time
1: yeah I think it's gonna be more like a an individual time trial now because there's nowhere really to hide like you'll the because there's no park you can't yeah like Mike said you can't sit up at any point um it's just yeah as hard as you can go for that. Particular distance and time, um, and be able to kind of spread it across the the number of stages. So yeah, I think it's going to really, really change the racing dynamics. But yeah, um, it'll be interesting. <laughs> yeah.
0: Was that um was that run through online the other day? The first that you'd heard about that? Then was that the the, yeah. the bombshell yeah. dropped?
1: Yeah. They kind of told us at the start, like there's going to be some changes um but yeah we weren't really expecting that and it does really change the dynamic racing like we said so Mm. yeah (laughs) it was a big plot twist (laughs)
2: yeah I'm not gonna lie when they uh, like Kate said like when they said there were going to be changes I I I thought you know maybe they're just going to tweak some box adjustments or where to put your shoes but to turn off the drafting I think is, is definitely a big move
0: so that, I guess that takes the pressure somewhat off that first swim as well, does it?
2: I think when you're up there, it's always pretty good to just have that time. Even if it makes the people behind work harder, you know, I, I don't know. I, th- I think you can bury yourself though by swimming a bit too hard. Um, but also, I just don't think you want to be, I don't think you want to be consciously being like, okay, I'm going to bridge on the bike because then you might not have the legs that day. So... I think you just got to race it. You just got to mm-hmm. race it like you'd race any race, but just know that you're on your own on the bike. Yeah. Maybe just like you, maybe how you would approach a mixed relay if you knew that your team was caught between two packs. I think is the way I'll, I'll approach it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Have to wait and see. <laughs>
0: um, and yeah, what 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 will it take to to catch Beth? Do you think Beth Potter, Kate? I mean, you know, you've had. Plenty of experience of being in and around her at the pointy end of races now, so. <laughs> yeah,
1: I think I think the non-drafting will definitely change the change the game a bit. Um, yeah, I guess we'll just have to put her under a bit of pressure on the bike um, if we can. And um, I say we, I guess, there's a few people looking to kind of <laughs> beat back this weekend as well. But um, yeah, I think. I think the non-drafting will definitely play a part in that. Um, and yeah, I guess just have to try and be the best athlete on the day. See how it goes.
2: <laughs> I think that's going to have to do some chasing. <laughs> <I'll be honest. laughs> and then
0: your plan in Singapore final, Max, yes. But Kate, you is that not, that's not part of your...
1: Uh, no, that's not nice. part of the plan at the moment. I'm trying to, I know the back end of the year is going to be a lot of traveling so I'm trying to kind of limit travel at the start of the year just to I mean just to avoid being out if I'm honest (laughs) and just to be able to uh still feel all right by November um yeah like I said it's gonna be a long season so um yeah I'm just trying to start my year a bit later than usual um but yeah um the plan isn't Singapore at the moment um yeah and I yeah,
0: we'll just have to see. <laughs> and imagine being sort of, you know, in the running for first ever triathlon eSport World Championship title, Max.
2: Yes, indeed. Um, I, I want a special jersey on Zwift. So if anyone from Zwift is listening to, I want to stripe on my avatar. <laughs> <laughs> nice. No, but um, I, I'd put my name down for Singapore just because, I just put my name down and, and, and thought I can always pull out, but now that I've got second, I guess I've got to go. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm immortalized
0: in your Zwift avatar. That's that's gotta be the thing, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, don't worry about the money. Just give me the avatar.
0: Just a little a crown on your head as you're going around the whole way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I'll be I'll be so popular in my age groupers with that I yeah.
0: All right, brilliant. Well, if um I've got a couple of sort of little quick fire questions that I just wanted to get through to you both as well. We'll start with Kate your your sort of top race performance to date the one that you look back on and and kind of most proud of.
1: Oh, I think um, probably coming second in Rotterdam at my first world championship as a junior that was a really really big moment for me and kind of made me realize that I could probably have a good career in this maybe so I think that really kind of ignited like a flame in me to like really believe in myself and give it a good go in mm. uh, triathlon
0: and Taylor Nib who took that goal didn't she was it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah
1: yeah I hope to be within 15 seconds of it <laughs> <laughs> well I think it's only
0: a matter of time
1: yeah
0: <laughs> max
2: um, me I think it was sixth in Hyundai last year I'd just come off a huge injury that I thought was gonna <clears throat> take me out for this season I'd you know I had a femoral neck stress fracture which was pretty um advanced and I'd only I'd only done probably like four or five weeks of running going into that race and to come away with six only like 20 seconds down on the podium was was big so I think the way I just picked myself back up and and just went out there and, and, and did the best I could on the day. And, and didn't, I guess, didn't let my my head drop when I was told that I wouldn't be able to run until 2022. So, yeah. Jeez.
0: Yeah. And there were no, there were no kind of like niggles after that. Nothing that did you kind of come out thinking, right, that's totally. Uh, I, I was
2: still in pain. Like I, I weren't, oh, yeah. I, I could still feel it. Like um, I was at the point where I had no option because my ranking was so bad. And I hadn't raced for two years because of COVID, um, so I did need to go out there and also have a good race. I couldn't just go out there and participate. Um, and I, I was, I was still in pain. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd run a bit and we would still feel it. But you know, the physio team were confident that if the pain wasn't increasing, then the bone was healed. It was just residual pain. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a bit touch and go, but pulled it off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: How nice,
2: um, favorite race venues to date,
0: Kate.
1: Uh, I loved Lausanne, I thought the atmosphere and course and whole place was incredible there. Uh, Apart from the prices, I thought that was one of my favorite (laughs) favorite races. Take the shine
0: off the Swiss prices, can (laughs) I?
2: Max. Uh, I think you know I'm gonna be boring enough to say Lausanne as well. The place is amazing. Um, to have a WTS there again would be would be so great. I can remember being stood on the side of the course during the elite men's, and it was like a Tour de France stage when they came up the hill. It's crazy. So, yeah, put it back on the calendar. <laughs> Were you under twenty three in Lausanne, Kate?
1: Yeah. 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 So you First, had the three world championship. Yeah, it was
0: the full the full course experience there. Then yeah, yeah.
1: so it was, I think it was actually a slightly different course, but the the crowds and stuff were still probably yeah the the best venue I've competed at for sure.
0: Um, an ideal training partner, like if you could train with anyone from around the sport or beyond, who would it be, Kate?
1: Oh, this oh the whole sport. Well. Wow
0: can't say each other no you can't point (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, oh oh,
0: that's that's ruined
1: it um i would i think i'd love to train alongside um flora duffy um and just kind of have an insight into how the world champ and olympic champ uh trains i think She's pretty inspiring. She's always been a big inspiration to me. So yeah, me for seems like a nice well, Yeah. Me, <laughs> <laughs> hey,
2: um, I I just I really enjoyed training alongside Vincent Louis. I thought that his, you know, his whole approach to training and how he always seems to be in control and, you know, very meticulous of his gear and just very professional in general, I thought was was great. And just to be able to just even just observe him and listen to him talk about race tactics and stuff was super mm-hmm. insightful. So <clears throat> I'm really sorry. My voice is good. <laughs> it's good. Um, we're, we're almost uh, there.
0: We're almost at the line. <laughs> yeah.
2: Just, um, so yeah. It, it, and, and the fact he's, you know, such a good athlete. Exactly. I'm sorry. <laughs> you, get, it, you get emotional
0: talking about Vince. Yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> but that was, uh, that was Girona. Was it like through, 21 and just yeah, yeah so exactly. so you know what what we see of Vince and what we would kind of expect I guess of someone the way that he performs and presents himself is is pretty much how he carries it out yeah, through, yeah, through training and then, yeah.
2: you know always the guy with the cleanest bike always got the fresh shoes always got his nutrition on point you know always in control in sessions never never overextending, never doing more than he has to, on top of his recovery, just just a whole lot. He's just pro, isn't
0: he? Yeah. Biggest influence on your career so far, Kate? Give Max a minute to rest his... <laughs> <laughs> okay,
2: good.
1: <Absolutely. laughs> um. Well, yeah, I guess my parents got me into the sport, so I'll forever be grateful that they kind of signed me up to the local triathlon um, when I was seven years old. Um, yeah, I have them to thank
2: for where I am today. Um, i also like to thank my parents. <laughs> they, yeah, I mean, they got me into it as well. Uh, they, they paid for everything and, and, and did everything. But I think a person within triathlon who was a big influence was Jamie Turner, coach of the Wollongong Wizards, you know, instilled in me a lot of things that I carry with me today. And um, I still still talk to him very regularly. He's uh, my coach and still kind of inputs on my training. So, yeah, Jamie Turner. You know, I think arguably the first one to have a, an international group, you know, including Barbara Veros, Aaron Royal, Ryan Bailey, Ryan Keane, Matt Sharp, Tyler Misselchuk, Gwen Jorgensen, you know, a lot.
1: Hmm. Um,
0: all right, finally, which format, if you could pick one, Arena Games, Eliminator, Sprint, Standard or Relay? Which which is your your top
1: sprint? Yeah, yes. At the moment, it's the sprint. I'd say uh, I'd love to do more relays. I really, really am um, keen to do more relays because I love being part of kind of a, a bigger. I feel like triathlon is such a kind of selfish sport in a way. It's so nice to be part of something that feels like a team event. So, yeah, I'd love to compete more in relays um super yeah. league super league. <laughs>
2: super league. yeah
0: yeah i guess when something like that is introduced um and you're in those kind of formative years getting into the sport then that i suppose sort of reaffirms that you're what your your sport is going places right
1: yeah. yeah and i think it kind of added a bit of glamour and kind of a bit of revival to the sport triathlon as well so it was just such an exciting thing to kind of come onto the scene that I think everyone who's on the circuit would is lying if they don't want to be part of it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Beyond London, Kate, is, is Leeds your first sort of port of call, your, your big one to tick off for the start of the season and get a gauge of, of where you are in, in terms of your fitness and performance and so on?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I have to get a start first. Um because I'm currently the um, eight-time Brit um, and I'm not sure how many um, starts the Brits will get given, but if I do get a start, which I really, really hope to, because it would be a home race and it would be incredible to race um, kind of a couple of miles away from where we live. Um, Yeah, that'll be kind of my first big race of the season. Um, So yeah, fingers crossed I get a start for it. Um, and if I do, yeah, I'm really
0: excited. <laughs> uh, as a Cheno, is that, is that one on either of your lists? As a
2: Yeah, I'll be there. I'll be in as Um, <clears throat> again, watch the race for a few years, the hill, you know, the, the format, the hard racing, um, I think suits me quite well. So to go out there a world cup standard, it'll be pretty packed. Um, will be, will be really exciting. So keen to get out there and, and see what's what. And maybe, again, hopefully myself as well, fingers crossed, get a start at Leeds three weeks later. It would be great mm. to do a race where we do our Saturday morning runs. It would be, it would be pretty weird, but pretty fun. Yeah.
0: <laughs> is, is the Commonwealth Games on either of your kind of horizons? Um, obviously, there was the Australian qualification race, wasn't there, a couple of weekends ago, Max? Um, yeah, yeah yeah how how does that kind of work out pan out how many athletes will be going from australia for example
2: um so three slots in male and female matt house has already been pre-selected so is sophie lynn because they both won the qualifier Mm -hmm. there's two spots on discretion right Uh, i think there's another criteria in yokohama top eight um so yeah we'll have to see how that goes i think i'm relying on the discretion but i don't i don't know if if that's for me this year but I'll, go, I'll try and raise as hard as I can and see see what the selectors think.
1: Mm. Yeah, I think um, for me, a selection would obviously be like a huge bonus. It's not kind of at the forefront, but yeah, I have to um, kind of get on certain start lines first to put myself in contention. So I haven't completely written it off. Um, I would absolutely love to go to a con game, especially um, one in England. But um, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be tough. There's only one uh, spot up for grabs um, in Team England. So, yeah, it'll be competitive, but I haven't written it off, but it's also kind of not what I'm focusing my year around either. So, mm. it'll be a bonus, <laughs> a big bonus. Yeah.
0: yeah. And then, I guess, nice to be in this kind of position you are now, whereby, you know, Paris is presumably on both of your horizons. LA perhaps, I don't know, as much, if not, if not more so, right? And but feeling like, you know, the your Hyundai's and Huatu and um Tongyong results are obviously showing that the trajectory that you would want to be on at this kind of stage. Is that is that how you see it?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think um Paris is obviously um, I think in both of our minds as like a long-term goal and obviously LA as well um, would be a focus for us I think yeah I obviously would like to kind of build on uh, my results of last year and keep kind of working myself up the ranks um, and put myself in contention for a sport at Paris yeah it's definitely uh, in my mind, um, I think that's why I kind of want to just acquire some experience racing, like the top level um, WTS races. Um, so I've only done one uh, so far. So yeah. I definitely just need to kind of expose myself to that high end um, level of racing. Hmm.
2: Yeah, equally. I think any athlete's goal is to go to an Olympic Games. So you always aim for the next one. and. I think that that like I'll just echo what Kate's been saying just is just about putting yourself out there at WTCS and 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 racing the best guys and girls and, and seeing what um what comes of it um being at the front and and just just trying your best and then I guess a lot of the selections out of our hands when it comes to anything that isn't automatic selection so we don't have that criteria yet but climbing the rankings in the Olympic ranking and and just establishing yourself, I think is a good, a good, a good way forward to Olympic qualification.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, yeah. Best of luck with the final preparations for, uh, for this weekend. Is it like an evening of just pulling on hats and goggles quickly, turning the heating up full whack and opening the. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, A
1: little
2: bit. Yeah.
1: Um, We're probably going to head down tomorrow. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Some packing, maybe a bit of bike cleaning. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. it's not going to get dirtier anyway. Once it's once it's done, yeah, it's done.
1: But I can't share it with a day bite. Yeah. <laughs> 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 what
2: do? Yeah. I'll share with my winter bag and guts on.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Max goggle go with some TCP or something for those uh, post race <laughs> oh, interviews. <yeah. laughs> yeah I wish you both obviously the very best we're uh, looking forward to seeing it thank you so
1: much thanks a lot bye bye
2: bye